Hey, thanks for tuning into my podcast. This is Big Head on the Block, hosted by me, Tim Henderson, aka Big Head. So, to give you a little background on myself, in 1990, I became a police officer. I was working with the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff Department, and I was stationed at the Parish Prison. In September 91, I took a job with the LSU Police Department where I stayed five and a half years. After that, December of 96, I went to the Baton Rouge City Police Department where I retired as a lieutenant. During the course of my career with Baton Rouge City Police, I served as an officer, sergeant, and lieutenant in uniform patrol. I also had investigative experience in the burglary division, the crime strategies unit, the Crime Gun Intelligence Group, as well as the Intelligence Division, where I spent a lot of time focusing on gangs, gang shootings, and violent crime in the Baton Rouge area. So the topic today is coffee with a serial killer. Let me give you a little backdrop. In the late 90s, early to mid-2000s, police used to hang out at a Circle K at East Boyd and Burbank. Back then, we didn't have any social media. We didn't have any uh, internet other than, I believe, dial-up internet. Nobody had cell phones. So it was kind of like a place where we went to take a break, drink coffee, shoot the breeze with, you know, other cops, with the clerks, with, you know, just normal citizens that come in. Eventually, we got to know most of the clerks pretty good. One of the clerks, Terry, had a boyfriend named Sean, and he used to come in quite often. Um, you know, pretty funny guy, nothing, uh, pretty unassuming. We interacted with him, with her, all the other clerks, LSU students used to come in. And like I said, it was kind of a little hub for cops. You know, we would drink coffee, and for those who like to make cop jokes, yeah, we probably ate a donut or two. So from the years 1994 till 2004, we hung out, like I said, with this guy, Sean, who just happened to be Sean Vincent Gillis, a serial killer. From 1994 to 2004, there's no telling how many hundreds of times we talked to this guy. He was actively killing women and socializing with us. Never gave us any indicators that there was anything odd about him. Uh, he was pretty comical most of the time. Always good for a good laugh. The thing that people need to understand is this. We're trained professionals looking to find evil and try to take them off the streets. This guy duped all of us. I don't think anybody thought anything of him. When I first saw the news report, I believe WFB reported that he was arrested and I saw his picture. I was like, oh, my God. So I called a couple other people that, you know, we used to hang around with. None of us could believe it. So make sure you understand this. If a guy like that can fool no telling how many cops, 50 or more, he duped us. You don't know what the Grim Reaper looks like. We looked at him as trained professionals, and we didn't get any indicators that this guy was actively killing people. He probably came there, laughed, and maybe he came to taunt us. I don't know. I know he was visiting his girlfriend, so 
most of the time she was there. I tell you all this to tell you, always be aware of your surroundings, and you never know who you're looking at. The Grim Reaper looks like many, many different people, including normal people. A bad guy isn't always somebody that looks a certain way, and that's been proven with other serial killers throughout the country. Just for those of y'all who don't know Sean Vincent Gillis, he's currently serving eight life sentences for murders that he committed. He's currently being housed at Angola State Penitentiary. I tell you this, and then I want to transition into a recent event where a young girl was tragically killed, Madison Brooks. I want to bring up the safety component of being out at bars and and being other places, not necessarily in the city of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but you know wherever you're at, whatever city you're in, whatever uh, state you're in. This particular event originated in Tigerland, which is in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and she was tragically killed later that night. I won't get into the details of the actual case because that's not what the podcast is about. The podcast is about safety. So young ladies, if you're in high school, you're a senior. If you're the parent of seniors in high school, if you're in college, pay attention to what I'm fixing to tell you. I have a ton of experience in that area. I work day shift, night shift, and evening shift in that area as a Baton Rouge City cop in uniform patrol. And the one thing I noticed is that there was a whole lot of drinking, a lot of intoxicated people. There were many times that we encountered young girls that were so drunk we had to find them rides home. And, you know, at at that particular phase of intoxication, you're not necessarily making good decisions. So it's not all your fault, but it's your fault for becoming intoxicated to that point. You can't really trust your friends to have your back because they're going to be intoxicated also for the most part. You know, the designated driver, I think that's out because of Uber. So everybody appears now comfortable drinking. And, uh, you know, a lot of young people can drink a lot, a lot more than me, I can assure you. So when you're out, a few things that you need to do, you need to make sure that you monitor your drink specifically. Don't let anybody put anything in your drink because no matter what they tell you, and it's not just locally, but nationally, they're putting things in girls' drinks so they can get them in a compromised position and and try and have sex with them later that night, or the term rape would be used in that category. So always have your hand on your drink. Watch the bartender make your drink if you're getting a mixed drink. Don't trust the bartender. You don't know who the bartender is. Remember earlier I told you, Probably 50 cops was duped by a serial killer. You don't know who you're dealing with. Watch your bartenders. Watch them make your drinks. Don't trust your friends to watch them for you because they may be in an intoxicated state and or they just might not care. So, number one, monitor your drinks. If you have a cup, keep your hand over the top of the cup. If you set it down and go to the bathroom, then just pay for another one. You know, if you have your own credit card, pay for it. If not, your parents will be more than happy to foot the bill to keep you safe. Second, make a plan before you go. 
as to how you're going to get home. Make sure everybody who's together stays together or leaves together. And the reason I say that that's important is because one morning I was on patrol and it was a night that it was a morning where the night before there's usually a lot of activity in Tigerland. So as I'm doing my patrol, I'm checking parking lots to make sure cars wasn't broken into. I'm just kind of scanning the area. I see people walking in and out. But what really caught my attention was around 6, 6.30 in the morning, as I was patrolling through the parking lot, I saw what appeared to be some legs hanging out of the back seat of a door that was slightly ajar. Of course, being a cop, seeing that, it kind of alarms you, you know, like, oh, my goodness, is somebody uh, dead, passed out? You know, you just really don't know. So I approached tactically. As I approached, I saw basically from the knee down, I saw from the knee to the feet hanging out, and I saw some high heels laying on the ground. As I made contact with the female, I was able to determine that she was alive. She was just drunk and passed out, and she was very susceptible probably for the last several hours that she'd been laying there because the car was ajar and she was laying there. Uh, As I spoke with her, we realized that she just didn't have a way to get home, and this was actually her car. She had passed out in the back seat, and her friends had just left her. So it's important that girls pay attention to their friends and their friends whereabout because anybody could have victimized this girl. It took me a little while to wake her up and thank goodness for her. Nothing happened to her. And thank goodness for us as cops, we didn't have to deal with another tragic event if she would have been killed and or raped. And I want everybody to know that Tigerland is a high crime known drug area. It's not just an area where young people go and have drinks and have fun. It's also a place where people go to find victims. There are people that will prey upon young girls, and you need to understand that. Fathers, mothers, talk to your daughters. Friends, talk to your friends. Everybody needs to be on the same page when it comes to personal safety because when you're intoxicated, you're not making good decisions. We were all young at one point in time. We've all been drunk. We've all been in compromised positions. However, in today's society, the potential to become a victim is extreme. As a police officer, I worked several cases where people were raped against their will. They woke up and were in a compromised position. And that brings to mind one thing. Most rapes don't get reported. I can't give you any statistics on it, but I've talked to rape counselors and even people in the police department um, say that, you know, there's a a high probability that a girl that is raped may not come forward for a multitude of reasons. So in the event that something should happen to you, I think it's important that you talk to somebody that you trust let them know what happened, and try to get the police involved. That way, whoever's preying upon you won't have the opportunity to prey upon somebody else. There's a lot of evil in the world, and young girls are a little more naive in general and a little more accepting of people when they're approached. I want to tell you a story about something that happened years ago. 
I was an LSU cop at the time, and I was doing patrol around the fraternity sorority area when I noticed two males on a top of a roof along with a female. I knew it was Christmas break or something, so they really didn't have no reason to be up there. So I asked them if they would come down. Eventually they did. The girl was extremely intoxicated. The guys, not so much. Uh, as I was talking to them, I asked the girl, you know, how much she had to drink. And uh, it was apparent to me that she was well past the point where she could make good, competent decisions. I talked to the guys and I asked them what their relationship was. And one of them said he had just met her and he was trying to hook up. I indicated to him that in the state she was in, that she probably couldn't submit to having sex. So if your version of hooking up means having sex with her, just understand that you possibly could be facing criminal charges if tomorrow she wakes up and says that she was raped. At that time, he said, oh, man, you, you ruined my day. And I said, well, it's better that I ruin your day today than you wake up tomorrow. She says that you raped her and you wind up being arrested for rape and then, you know, possibly eventually convicted and put in a penitentiary. So maybe I did you a favor by explaining that to you. We made sure the girl got home safe and the two guys went on about their way. But this is just another example of the vulnerability of females out here that are intoxicated. Listen, I'm not a self-defense expert, but from a practical standpoint, I like to say, if you do happen to become a victim of an attack, you need to understand as a female, you're probably not going to be on average as strong as the male. So you can run if they attack you and get you to the ground. Uh, as police, we were trained to fight from the ground and use our legs to kick. You can kick and keep them away from you. Holler loud. If you have pepper spray, obviously utilize that. But running is a good technique and a good tactic. Uh, most of them aren't going to want to chase after you. And if they do, yell, scream, holler. If you have keys in your hand, slash them in the face, slash them in the eyes. What I don't like is people that go to self-defense classes, and I'm not putting any of the instructors down at all, but people will go to a class for an hour or two. They'll learn a few techniques, and when they leave the class, they'll never utilize them again, or they may go home, show their husband or wife, whatever. A month later, two months later, two years later, they've never practiced again. Police are efficient in their mannerisms and their movement when they're using techniques because they have muscle memory. We utilize the same things over and over and over. When we draw our weapons, we draw our weapons all the time. We make sure that in a crisis situation, we don't have to think about it. That's why you rarely see police misdraw whenever they're in a crisis situation. If you're a police officer in a fight, we learn techniques and we have defensive tactics that are taught to us every year. Some of the tactics I like, some of them I don't, but the ones that I think are more practical, I make sure to utilize them and I make sure to train with them. I've personally boxed and I've personally taken Krav Maga, which is uh, uh, Israeli martial arts self-defense. If you're going to train in any kind of discipline, martial arts, it's imperative that you continue to do it over and over and over so you can have muscle memory. I'm going to tell you a quick story 
probably 25 years ago, a girl was taking some karate classes. She came to me and wanted to show me one of the techniques. She told me to put my hands on her shoulder. She made a quick movement that worked in the class, but it didn't work on me. And I wasn't even putting a lot of effort into it. And she just couldn't believe that my arms didn't move. She could have easily fallen prey to me had I been a predator. And I told her, the people in the class let you win to show you the techniques. So if you're going to practice, practice hard. Practice with somebody where you can go 70, 80, 90%, you know, without hurting them. But you need to practice these techniques and not think that they're going to work on anybody. Uh, A lot of people are under a misconception that because it worked in a classroom setting, it's going to work on the street. There's a lot of dynamics involved, including adrenaline, including your adversary, how big they are, how powerful they are, how committed they are. So make sure if you're going to learn techniques that you learn two or three really good ones and you practice them in the event that you need them, your muscle memory should allow you to uh, respond you know, accordingly. So I'm telling you this. You don't have to be a victim, but also you need to train. Also, when you're leaving a bar, when you're leaving a restaurant, class, if you happen to see somebody, if you're a female and you happen to see a male looking at you, make neutral eye contact. Let them know you saw him, but you know don't, don't stare at him to provoke him. But let them know that you understand your environment and that you're well aware of your environment. Also... Young people, you have the technology to share your location. And I know you probably don't want to share it with your parents. So share it with a friend. If you are if you have a boyfriend, share it with your boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever the case may be. Just make sure somebody knows where you're at at all times. That way, in the event where, as police officers having to look for you, we'll at least have an advantage. So women, in general, you need to understand that you should feel comfortable in a situation. And if you don't feel comfortable, be strong, be bold. Stand up for yourselves. Don't worry about offending someone. The analogy I like to use is if you're fixing to get on the elevator, you push the button, and somebody's on there that makes you feel uncomfortable, tell them you're waiting for the next elevator. There's no need to put yourself in a compromised position because you're worried about somebody else's feelings. Never worry about anybody else's feelings when it comes to your safety. Trust your instincts. As a cop, I stayed alive for 32 years because my instincts helped me survive situations that were potentially deadly. So as a female, you need to understand you have to take responsibility. You have to be bold. Go home safe, just like the police. We want to go home safe. We don't want to have to take a report that you were raped murdered or anything else we would rather you put yourself in a good position even if you're intoxicated find a a a good way to get home and limit your exposure to negative situations guys you have the responsibility to treat women respectfully period in the conversation you should never take advantage of a girl that's intoxicated ever it's against the law but you shouldn't do it anyway If your father hadn't had that conversation with you or your mother hadn't had that conversation with you, maybe whoever's listening to this podcast should tell their kids 
this is the law pertaining to having sex with a girl who's intoxicated because most people don't know. Most people that are 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, that involves some underage drinking. I got it. But most people that are that age that are intent on having sex are not really factoring in the intoxication aspect of it. So educate yourself on the law because ignorance of the law is no excuse. You will go to jail if it's proven that someone was intoxicated to the point where they couldn't resist. And if you're one of these guys that like to prey upon women, one of your friends knows about it or one of their friends knows about it. Somebody tell the police this needs to stop. This is not something that happens locally. It happens nationally. I've seen many shows that specifically talked about roofing girls, and it, I couldn't believe how openly people talked about it in bars. As a cop, you know, it's disgusting to me that a guy would go to those measures just to have sex with a girl. So men, women, mothers, fathers, talk to your sons about this. Educate them. Educate them on how to be a gentleman and educate them on the law as far as it pertains to having sex with girls that are intoxicated. On a separate note, let's talk about personal safety when you're walking, when you get out of your vehicle, anytime you're in a public environment. Too many people focus on their telephones. Too many people are not cognizant of their surroundings and you are easily victimized. You think it couldn't happen to you, but it happens to people every day, all day, all across the country. Baton Rouge, Louisiana is no different than anywhere else. So when you, girls and guys, when you get out your car, quit paying attention to your phone. When you pull into a parking spot, look around. Make sure that there's nobody lingering. When you leave a store, when you leave your house, walk outside and just take a quick peek and make sure that you don't see anything that, you know, would set you off or, or make you hesitant about going to your car, or going into the store, or wherever. So make sure that you focus on safety. These days are not like yesteryear. These days, anything can happen and anything does happen every day, all day. And I want to emphasize that every day, all day, somewhere in the country, somebody's getting carjacked. Somebody's getting shot. Somebody's um, getting raped. You know, there's a lot of violent crime across the country. A lot of people need to focus more on personal safety. So girls and guys, pay attention to your surroundings. Make sure that if you see something that doesn't look right, go back in the house, get back in your car. Don't get out your car. Drive around the park a lot. If you're pulling into a parking spot and you see somebody that sets you off, keep driving. You can come back 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later. Call the police and tell them, hey, they got somebody out here that's sketchy. They're, you know, begging for money. It looks like they have a gun on them, you know, whatever the case may be. Just don't put yourself in a compromised position just because you're in a time constraints because you only have one life and you can't get it back. And if you become the victim of a crime, it's going to weigh heavily on you that shoulda, coulda, woulda. So pay attention. Stay safe out there. And if you have any problems, don't hesitate to call 911. The police will help you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Big Head on the Block. I'm Tim Henderson, the host. 
I look forward to dropping another podcast soon. Please give us any comments, likes, dislikes, or any topics y'all would like to discuss. Thank you.